Welcome, future doctors, to another episode of the Future Minority Doctor Podcast with Dr. Sulma and Marina, where we bring you conversations to empower and inspire you to contribute to your community and the world by becoming a doctor. Hello, future doctors. Thanks for joining us for this episode. Today, we're talking about a slightly heavy topic, but one that affects all of us at one time or another in our lives. The topic is failure and rejection, and more specifically, how to deal with failure and rejection. If you're in high school or college right now, you're probably nearing the end of a quarter or a semester. Maybe you struggled in a class and are upset about a low grade or a couple of low grades. Maybe you're looking at your GPA and realizing it's not where it needs to be to apply to medical school or where you want it to be. Maybe you're questioning whether you have what it takes to become a doctor, or you're feeling like giving up. If you're ready to apply to medical school and you recently took the MCAT, maybe you scored lower than you wanted to. Maybe you're worried that you have to retake the test and spend a lot more time and a lot more money in order to do it. We're also hitting that time of year when students applying to medical school are getting acceptance or rejection letters. If you've gotten an acceptance, congratulations, we celebrate with you. But if you're on the other end of things and have gotten one or many rejection letters, we want you to know that you're not alone. Goodness knows Dr. Zulma and I have faced failure and rejection many times in our lives, and we understand how hard it can be. Dr. Zulma, what's an experience you've had with failure or rejection that really stands out in your memory? So this is interesting because I do, I have many, <laughs> just as you said, uh-huh. but the first one that always comes to my mind, it actually occurred in medical school. I had to present a journal to a small group, and this was in our first year of med school. And I felt so intimidated by that group that while I was presenting, I, I, I broke down, not where I started crying, but where my voice started shaking uh, my body started shaking. I mean, I, the next step was for me to cry in front uh, in this room with a, with other uh, students that were in my class and with the professor. Uh-huh. But if I recall that day, I went into that presentation thinking that I wasn't smart enough to present. And I didn't feel like I was at the same level as my peers. So and thinking those thoughts going in, it only created the self-fulfilled prophecy, right? So as I'm presenting, I just completely bombed the presentation. I did want to cry, but I did. I was able to hold it together. But as soon as that class was over, I immediately went home. And I think there was still lectures and other things, but I didn't even go to them just because I felt so miserable. And when I got home, I literally remember throwing myself on the couch. And I just was there crying and crying. And I felt like who was in my mind, I thought like, I'm just kidding myself. I shouldn't be a doctor. I don't have what it takes. I'm so different than everyone that's there. And it's that feeling where I felt like I ultimately wanted to just quit. Fortunately, though, the professor of that group, he reached out to me and he set up some time to talk to me. And, uh, just so you guys know, this isn't as common. <laughs> it doesn't really happen in a college setting or med school setting. But anyway, uh-huh. luckily, this professor reached out to me and we, and we did. We met together and 
when I got in there, he started out by telling me that he had come from very humble beginnings. This is without me telling any telling him anything about what was going on in my mind. He told me that he didn't have much when he was growing up and uh, he had to learn a lot along the way. And then he went on to tell me that he made a lot of mistakes along the way as he was doing his own research and getting a PhD, but with practice that he got better. And then he said, that's what you need to do. All you have to do is practice, 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 and eventually you'll just get better. And the way he spoke to me was as though he knew about all those self-thoughts that I had about myself during that moment that I broke during the presentation. Uh-huh. And, you know, when I think about that, I it makes me think that, well, maybe he probably went through a similar experience throughout his journey and getting a PhD as well, where he felt like he was a failure. Anyhow, that talk with him made me feel so much better. But all in all, I think if I learned anything from it was that I had to just give myself grace whenever I failed and almost and and most importantly, learning to forgive myself when I do fail because it was going to happen eventually. (laughs) What about you, Dr. Marina? Is there any is there an experience that stands out in your memory? Yeah. And thank you so much for sharing that. I think, oh, my gosh, especially I think for people who come from more disadvantaged backgrounds suddenly being put in front of a group can really trigger those feelings of not belonging and the self-doubt, you know, Mm -hmm. to a very high level. So I love that that professor reached out to you. That's a really touching story. So there are good people out there (laughs) that are willing to help you, even if that's not a typical experience. Sometimes those things happen. But in terms of my experience, (laughs) there are lots of failures, lots of rejections that I can think of. But the one period of time that stands out most to me is my whole sophomore year in college. That's when I was taking my first biology courses. In order to become a biology major, I had to take three quarters of what was called the bio core. These bio core classes covered everything from biochemistry to cell biology, genetics, neurobiology, plant biology, basically the fundamentals of all the branches of biology. And the problem was, I had never really taken a real biology class. I think I took biology in ninth grade, but honestly, it was a bit of a joke. Like, I remember half of the class periods, we would just watch a National Geographic video and like (laughs) write a summary. It was kind of, it, it was sad. So when I found myself in a huge lecture hall with 300 other competitive pre-med students and biology students, it was quite a shock and quite an adjustment. I remember feeling so lost during a lot of the lectures. Like I was fascinated by the novelty and the complexity and the newness of everything that I was learning, but half of it might as well have been in a different language because half of it was completely unintelligible to me. I would look around the room and I felt like everybody except me understood what was going on. Although in retrospect, That's not true, but at the time it really felt (laughs) like that was true. The whole year, though, during those three BioCore classes, I really did my best to study and to learn, and I put in my best effort. But the embarrassing truth is that I got two Ds and an F in those classes. I'm not kidding. Two Ds and an F. That's my embarrassing past. (laughs) But at that point, I really think that most people would have given up and just picked another major. And I don't know what it was (laughs) about me. I had something 
inside of me that was telling me that I should keep going. And I listened to that. But if I had gone to a pre-med advisor at the time, I really think that they would have told me, sweetie, just pick another major. (laughs) Like, don't make yourself miserable. If this is too hard, it's okay. And it's true that it would have been okay for me to choose another career. There's nothing wrong with that. But if there's something inside of you that's telling you that this is a path for you to take that can empower you in your life to make a difference for yourself and for other people, listen to that. (laughs) And I think we both have had, Dr. Z and I have both had those sorts of experiences that helped us to keep going. And for me, I think that one thing that helped me to keep going is that I was really fascinated by most of the things I was learning. And I could tell that I was learning a lot. But for one reason or another, I had trouble keeping up with everything that there was to learn. And I also had trouble translating what I was learning into good test performance. Because as we've reviewed in our episode on test taking skills, test scores aren't just about what you know, it's also about your ability to perform well on tests. So even if my grades didn't show it at the time, I knew that I was learning cool stuff and I wanted to be able to master the subjects that I was learning. So long story short, I ended up retaking all three of those classes my junior year in college (laughs) and doing much better. I still didn't get straight A's in them because pre-meds at Stanford can be super brilliant gunners, (laughs) but I did well enough to raise my GPA and to feel confident again in my ability and my hope for the future and getting into medical school. I should also add that those two years were full of all sorts of hard feelings. I became depressed my sophomore year, partly because I felt like such a failure. I spent a lot of time crying in my dorm room. I felt jealous sometimes of other people who seemed to have it a lot easier than me. There were many times I questioned whether I had what it took, and I was tempted to give up a lot of times. But something inside of me, like I mentioned, also knew that if I just kept going, somehow, someday, I could reach my goal. If you have recently or are currently struggling with the hard feelings that come with failure or rejection, please, please know that you're not alone. Everyone faces these things at some point in their lives. Most of us way more than once. These are universal human experiences but that does not make them easy. So we have three basic tips for you today. Tip number one, give yourself permission to feel what you feel. This might sound a little funny to some of you, but let me explain. Facing failure or rejection is hard, and it's okay to wallow in self-pity or sadness or anger for a little while. Negative emotions need a release valve. So go ahead and make a healthy space for them in whatever way works for you. This could be letting yourself cry in private or with a close friend or family member, yelling your anger into a pillow, blasting some music and singing along, or punching a punching bag until you're exhausted. Find a way to release the energy of your emotions in a safe way, preferably in a way, though, that doesn't hurt or scare other people. If you don't make space to acknowledge and process your feelings, there can be some negative repercussions. You might suddenly have an angry outburst at your mom or your friend or your coworker. I know this has happened to me. Something hard happens and I just try to suck it up and pretend I'm okay. 
and just keep going. And then suddenly, bam, the dam breaks and all the emotion comes spilling out in the worst way possible or in an embarrassing way. Has that ever happened to you, Dr. Z? Yes, uh, it actually happened, I think, um, you know, as you're talking about this a lot while I was in high school. Since I was usually seen as that one in the family was that was the strong one, and I had to be strong about everything, uh-huh. I kept a lot of feelings in. And it did cause some damage because I ended up developing depression from trying to suck it all up and just keep going. And I think looking back, I think I would have been so much better off mentally, at least if I would have processed everything that I was feeling then and feeling then when I was in high school. And I definitely had those outbursts in high school. Sorry, mom, and sorry to my sister. Uh-huh. <laughs> they ever listened to this. Um, I would, they were usually the ones that got the, uh, the bad end of things. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, now as an adult, when I think about how I was in high school, and I would have those outbursts, it was it just came from the depression. And, you know, just keeping a lot of those things in and not allow not giving myself permission to feel essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one thing that helped me to learn to give myself permission to recognize and process my feelings is actually my culture. Um, In fact, the stereotype about Latina women is that they have all the emotions and everyone knows it, right? (laughs) Um, Now, I might not be as extreme as the stereotype and the stereotype is just a stereotype, but I think my cultural upbringing actually helped me to be okay with having emotions and kind of releasing them in appropriate ways. And not always appropriate ways. It's also been a learning process. But in general, I'm comfortable crying when I need to cry. (laughs) And I'm comfortable giving myself the space to do that. It actually helps me to feel better if I'm just able to let it out with a good cry and then get back (laughs) to whatever I need to do. I think it's also more acceptable in society for women to show emotion compared to men. I know many men who really struggle with bottling up their emotions. And then the only acceptable way often for men to express emotions is through anger. And that can become a problem. So depending on your culture, family, and gender, you may or may not feel comfortable facing your own emotions. If you recognize that you're the type of person that has trouble acknowledging your feelings or processing them, or you've been taught to just suppress them, bottle them up, then we have a book recommendation for you. It's available in print or audiobook. And it's called Permission to Feel by a great psychologist named Mark Brackett. I've read it twice and I highly recommend it. All right, tip number two, learn to see failures as part of the process. While you're having all those hard feelings that we just talked about, we also want you to know that this is not the end. No matter how down or hopeless you feel at a certain time, this doesn't have to be the end of your journey. You have the power to choose whether it becomes just a hurdle along the way or the end of the road. It's sobering for me to think that if I had let those bad grades in biology define me, my life today would be completely different. If I had let myself be completely crushed by failure, I would never have become the doctor that I am today. I love this quote by Paulo Coelho, and he says, There is only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve, the fear of failure. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. I'll say it again. There is only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve, 
the fear of failure. This really rings true to me. When I first started out my journey to becoming a doctor, I think I had the vision or the idea that the path into medicine was just going to be a straight line. Well, reality has a way of kicking you in the butt. And instead of being a perfectly smooth trail, there was sand, there were rocks, there were a few huge boulders in the way. But I was still able to get to the end of that journey, of that path that I had set for myself, even with all of those obstacles. What about you, Dr. Z? Were you naive like I was and thinking that it would just be smooth sailing? Yeah, I think the the time where I was most naive was my transition from high school to college. Since I had always done so well uh, academically in high school, and I will say, you know, this really depends what high school you go to, but it didn't require that much effort Uh (laughs) that I thought, oh, I'll be fine when I go to college, you know, I'm going to do good, get good grades. And of course, Mm -hmm. just like the story you shared, I bombed the first year Mm -hmm. um, and didn't do well at all because I was wrong about it. But that was just me being naive going into it. Yeah, I think that's a pretty common experience, but even more so for underrepresented minorities or people who come from low socioeconomic settings where maybe you didn't go to a very rigorous high school. That was definitely the case for me. It's just like my high school is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. So of course I did well because it wasn't so, so challenging. And if you come from that, give yourself grace because college may be more challenging, but that doesn't mean that you can't succeed in the end. The fact is hardly anybody has a perfectly smooth path into medicine. Everybody faces some challenges along the way even if they look different from the challenges that you have. If you learn to let go of the expectation that everything will run perfectly smoothly, you will find the journey to be easier and more joyful. When setbacks happen, instead of tearing your hair out in despair that something went wrong, you will be able to recognize that this is part of the process. You'll be able to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep going. Failures, both small and big ones, may still be painful, but they won't have the power to defeat you. Anything you want to add to that, Dr. Z? No, I just, I think everything that you said is is just spot on. I think it's almost just knowing and expecting, because a lot of our, the, the feelings of rejection and failure, it's really based on our expectations, right? Uh-huh. So if you change your perspective on expectations, knowing, okay, I'm going to college, I'm just going to expect, um, it's going to be hard. Some things are going to happen. When they do happen, you already have the expectation. So it's a little bit easier to deal with. Yeah. You'll still go through your morning phase from it, but you're able to come right back up because you had already went in with the mindset of expecting this, but also expecting that you're going to be able to bounce back out. Yeah. The difference, the major difference is that you won't give up when those unexpected things happen. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want for you all is not to give up if you really know that this is something that is good for you. All right. Tip number three. Find the silver linings. Have you ever heard that phrase? It goes, every cloud has a silver lining. It means that every situation that we see as bad or negative may actually have a positive aspect to it. And this applies to a lot of the experiences with failure and rejection. When I think back to my sophomore year in college, 
and how badly I failed at my first biology classes, I realized that as much as that experience totally sucked at the time, it also helped me to become a much stronger and a much more resilient person. It pushed me to the very brink of my abilities, and as a result, it expanded my abilities. If I had taken classes that were easy for me, like they had been in high school, I would not have grown personally as much from them. If I had given up, I would have lost out on an opportunity to grow as a student and as a person. That experience didn't just make me better at biology either. I think it made me a better human being because now I'm able to sympathize with other people who are struggling. I'm able to co-host this podcast with you, Dr. Zoma, and help all of our students listening stay motivated and empowered on their path to medical school. I'm able to have a deeper compassion for others who also face failure and rejection. I'm pretty sure you feel the same, Dr. Z. Would you say so? Yes, I I do. You know, I I do some workouts on the Peloton bike and there's actually this instructor. Uh-huh. She's a she does a lot of motivational quotes while you're working out, but there's this quote that really stuck to me when she when she once said it in one of her workouts. She said, "I have never met an interesting person who has not had any struggles or been through some SH IT. (laughs) And and it's so, and, and it's so true. And, you know, when she said that, it just made me think about people in my life that I look up to, that I respect, they have all been through some tough times and that's why they're appealing, right? Because those journeys and obstacles that they went through, it's what made them the great person that they are now. So thinking about that, those struggles that you will go through, they create badges of honor. Mm-hmm. When you find meaning in that, you accept failures as part of the process and know that something good will come out of it. Yeah. And it's not like every bad situation will have something positive, but most of them really will if you, mm-hmm. if you give them the opportunity to teach you. Um, I think most negative experiences in life mm-hmm. can have a silver lining. Here's another painful experience I'll quickly share with you. Last year, I applied for a job that I thought I really wanted. I ended up getting a first interview, then a second interview. And by the end of the second interview, I was really excited because I knew I had great qualifications and I could tell that the interview committee members really liked me. I waited patiently to hear back. And then I felt crushed when I got an email saying that they had chosen somebody else. I was sad and angry for about a week after that because I was really looking forward to getting this job. That experience of rejection, though, forced me to take a step back and take a good long look at where my career was and what my dream career really looked like. After a lot of reflection, I realized that this particular job I was applying for would not have been a great fit for me, even though I thought it would have. I would have been pressured to work more than I wanted to, and I would not have the flexibility that I really wanted to have. So the result of all of that reflection and soul searching was that I decided to take the leap and start my own business. A few months ago, I officially opened my doors to my brand new pediatric clinic, where I get to practice medicine in a way that serves my patients and me in the best way possible. It's a work in progress, and I'm still working on turning a profit, but I'm so happy having my own clinic. And the truth is, 
I'm glad I didn't get that job, even though I would not have said that a year ago. But maybe that rejection was exactly the nudge that I needed to make the leap and go out on my own. Dr. Zulma, what have been some of the silver linings in your life? Yeah, um, I recall I was in college and I wanted to study abroad in Spain. And there was an application process that you have to go through and I applied and I didn't get selected. And I was so bummed and I felt like a failure because I had just had a friend that went and came and she got accepted her first time around. But then, you know, when I told her that I didn't get in and I didn't get selected, she said, you know, just go ahead, try again next year and then just bring your grades up higher. Well, sure enough, I played the following year. And let me tell you, I got accepted and I met the most amazing friends that semester while I was in Spain and the cohort that I was with. And one of them was actually applying to medical school the following year, and she was pursuing medicine. And uh, she was also Latina like myself. Well, guess who was one of my mentors during the medical school application process? Uh It was my friend that I met that specific year that I went to Spain. Uh And she was the one that helped guide me when I had questions about the MCAT, applying, because I actually wasn't going to apply with my MCAT score. And she's the one that said, no, just do it. Go for it. So she was my cheerleader. So, you know, when I think about it, if I would have gone the year prior, I wouldn't have met her. And until today, we are still very close friends. We know each other's families. And uh, hopefully she'll be on our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. I love that story. Yeah, because, yeah, sometimes we don't understand. I don't know if if you're a person of faith at all. Sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. you can frame it and like things happen for a reason. You don't have to believe that, though, to believe in silver linings. You can still believe even if you don't have like a traditional faith, you can still try to make the best of even bad situations and allow the situations to let you learn and let you grow from them. So if you're in the thick of a failure or a rejection right now, it is okay if you can't see the silver lining right away. It may take months or even years to be able to recognize if there is one, but just keep in mind that you may one day look back on this experience and see how it helped you to learn and grow in ways that you never expected, as hard as it is to believe that right now. We hope you remember some of the experiences we've shared with you today, and perhaps they will help you to have a little more courage, a little more patience, a little less fear, and that you will continue down your path into medicine. Thank you so much for listening today, and we hope you have a wonderful day. And if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok. I think we even have a YouTube channel to get updates on new episodes and events. Peace and love, everyone.